welcome to another episode of Hey Alexa. Today I have Dwight Heck, who is a life and finance coach. He is also the podcast host of Give a Heck and the author of Give a Heck. He is also a speaker. And today we're going to talk about his journey and how he got to be where he is today um, and see where it goes. So hi, Dwight. How are you? Hi, Alexa. I'm doing fantastic. Thanks. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm, uh, I love getting to talk to people. So it's always a fun part of the day getting to do interviews. I agree. I enjoy it as well. So tell us a little bit about you and how did you, well, one, I love the name give a heck. I think it's so clever, especially with your last name being heck. I think it's just very cool. So tell us a little bit how you got into everything. Um, from my earliest age, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. My father's a very successful entrepreneur. So I've been in different, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've been in different businesses over the years. And biggest problem I had is I was a comfortable six-figure earner who was living basically paycheck to paycheck, like a lot of people are doing. Um, it literally got to a point where I was living in quiet desperation, unsure of how I was going to pay bills, yet I was bringing in good money and struggling. And a good friend of mine reached out to me and said, you know, you're really good with people. You're very personable. You're very uh, the type of person that can connect with others. And you're a great teacher. We think you'd be good in the finance game. But before you get into the finance game, we're going to help you first and get your life on track. <laughs> and and you know what, most people, I was a little bit put off. It's a little bit offensive to have somebody call you out, especially one of your oldest and dearest friends, but he wasn't wrong, right? So right. I ended up getting into the finance industry and raising to the top of the industry in less than two years. And I, that was 19 years ago in 2002. This is my 20th year now. And it helped me learn how to live a life where I had more months than um, I did money. And literally, part of me, I was living a life for more months than money. So it taught me how to get my finances under control, to learn the rules of the money game so that I could have more money than I did month. And it takes, you know, effort. It's not something that happens easily. Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks it's easy, but it's not our biggest right. weakness in most of our lives today is the fact that we don't understand our finances and then and the numbers and the six inches between our ears. So when I say <laughs> that I'm, I do lifestyle and finance coaching, I do both. Because if I can't help people discover what's causing them to be in that circumstance, they're going to spiral out of control. And most people within 90 days of getting their debts and or getting their finances under control slip right back down the rabbit hole. So that's how I got into the finance game was somebody reaching out to me, but I'm a tenacious person. And I was at an IT professional prior with us with a, a retail store and a service company. And I had a consulting arm as well. Wow. So <laughs> I was always a person that was tenacious and worked hard. So when yeah. I got into finance, I didn't necessarily like how I was being trained. So as another side note, about six, six weeks into getting with my trainer, I fired him and <laughs> basically <All right. laughs> went, went out on my own to learn exactly what I needed to do to understand the rules of the money game. Cause, um, the listeners wouldn't know I've, I'm still a single dad, but I was, when my kids were raised by me, a single dad of five kids, wow. four daughters and a son. 
so I had lots of nights of quiet desperation. So it was so important to me because of my um, circumstances that I needed to understand and learn how to control money because everybody was always coming at me. We need to pay for this dad. We need mm -hmm. this dad and all their expenses. They didn't understand the fact of house expenses, the fact right. that you have a mortgage <laughs> and that you need food on the table. So it was very I don't even know how to, to say it. It was, it was a point in time in my life where it was time that I grew up and most of society needs to learn the things that I learned and that I've been teaching for the yeah. last 19 years about how to live an intentional life. My book, Give a Heck, as you mentioned, the subtitle of it is How to Live Life on Purpose, Not by Accident. So many of us live on a hamster wheel in life and don't yeah. live a life on purpose. So that's how I got to where I am today. Um, because of it, obviously, I've gone out and I speak at, I've spoken at different uh, finance events in North America, both US and Canada. Um, and I just got to a point during the pandemic, I decided to write a book, I decided to launch a podcast, and I decided to brand my company, which had been around already for, you know, at that point in time, it had been around for 18 years, I decided to create Give a Heck something that would be catchy, yeah. something that would attract people and then put my book out, which talks about my origin from the fact of being, uh, you know, a sickly kid that was bullied to my first entrepreneur job that I ever mm -hmm. did, which is being a paper boy and what it taught me and <laughs> how all the way up to being a single dad and how budgeting helped me not live a life of quiet desperation and how I wanted to write a book and share that as well as a podcast to bring on fantastic people that have learned to give a heck and are out elevating their lives to elevate and serve the population of the world. I love that. And kind of going back to what you were talking about earlier was how you want to like help people basically to besides just finance is kind of like personal development, like as a life coach also. And I think that goes a lot, goes for sure goes together because like you said, if you're not good in your life or know how you work, how your brain works, how you work, you're, you're just going to keep going in that same cycle. So like, just because you get out of debt doesn't mean you're not going to go right back in unless you know your ways and know and kind of can learn from what you've done and to readjust. Oh yeah. We're learned, we're taught patterns. Um, I had a guest on myself this week. We talked about this specifically and they talked about the patterns that we learn in the education system. We're all pattern learners by mm -hmm. society's choice. And we get very good at understanding patterns, but patterns that are taught to us for anything, not necessarily life patterns that help us through the, the hills and valleys and that quiet desperation, the valley of despairs that we slide into, it doesn't help us. It teaches us patterns of things that we don't even use a lot of times as adults. And we need to be taught the patterns of understanding the rules of the money game, understanding that if you need a dollar 20 a month to live and you only have a dollar, you're going right. to fall behind. Right. Exactly. And, and just understanding the fact of what's a need and a want. Alexa, a lot of people don't even think about it. Right. I started teaching my kids that you as a, at a very young family. age. And when I got into this industry, you cause I had somebody family. challenge me, do you understand the difference between a need and a want? And I had to think about it. And for your listeners, a need is something that is 
you know, let's say you're, you're in a cold climate like myself and the furnace breaks down and you don't have any money, but you have some credit card room. That is a need and you need to put it on your credit card, right? right? Because you need furnace to stay warm. So you don't, you know, perish and your exactly. pipes don't freeze, yeah. the list goes on. But if you decide that you want to go out and get a new flat screen TV and you have one that works already, that's a want. Exactly. That is not a need. And some people, when I talk to them about that, it's such a profound sense. You can see it like it's a sea washing over them. It's just like they don't get it. They don't understand right. the fact something so simple, but it's so calming for them to finally understand that, oh, my goodness. And what happens after we go out and get a want we, when we can't afford it? We get buyer's remorse. Right. right. And you feel guilty. It's like you feel like you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, and exactly. it's probably because you shouldn't be so, but people do it. But who's teaching the patterns of, of the money game? Nobody. The, the traditional school system doesn't teach it. I've sat down with peoples with their masters in finance, and they don't understand the basic rules of the money game. They understand the high levels of finance and numbers, mm -hmm. but they don't understand the basics of living. And they couldn't teach anybody what they know to save their lives because they've never, it's never been taught as a very simple pattern. Right. Let's goal set. Let's put down some goals of what it is you're trying to accomplish. What's your current life like? Let's put that into a budget. Oh, here's your here's your needs. These are mm -hmm. your wants, the bottom of your budget, right? So the vast entries of your wants. You want to save for retirement. You want to save for a vacation. But if that doesn't fit into your budget, those are things that don't get dealt with. And you try right. to teach people how to free up money too, right? Like I've been dealing with people for years They'll say, well, they'll brag. I don't know if you've ever had this. Time. They'll brag that they have the best cable package or they have all these services, streaming services, or they're, they brag that they eat out for lunch every day. Yet they're living with a month with more months than money. They're running out of money yeah. before the end of the month. They're in quiet desperation. They're living the facade. Yet nobody's ever sat down with them. So I'll sit down with people and go over their bills with them. I'll talk to them about habits of, Oh, how often do you eat out? Like I've got a thing that I go through a workshop series that I developed. Um, that's very powerful. I do it to groups or individuals and it basically helps people free up money. All of a sudden they don't think they can free up money because they don't see the forest for the trees. They didn't need, they need a mentor. They need a coach to help them understand what exactly it is they need to do to live a life on purpose. And I do it from example, because I was one of them. Right. right. So, and that's and the I, best type of expert is when you've dealt with something yourself and you've learned and you've grown from it. And now you can teach other people. Exactly. Sometimes so. I wish they like taught this in school. I think certain these lessons would be so important for these it's really students. really hard though. Oh, it, it is so important. It's hard though. Like I've tried in the, this would be about a 10 years ago already in the first 10 years of me being in the in the finance um, industry I tried to get into the school systems I actually went into yeah. schools and they get all the teachers and the administration staff into a lunchroom and that was be the most time I could get while they're sitting and eating their lunches and stuff and I'd be educating them and I'd, I'd have a workshop up to teach them about the rules you know the basic because I have a five level step workshop series to right. teach the basics of the money game and they just, they weren't even engaged. They'd be sitting chatting with one another. They wouldn't even be paying attention. Somebody's coming in, 
willing to offer them information for nothing. And the reason I had to start there is they would never let you talk to students without, you know, getting their engagement and their approval. You get maybe, let's say there was 20 teachers, you get engagement from maybe three, four. And the numbers are pretty, pretty specific. Um, I'll let your listeners know statistically in North America, um, in Canada, 91 out of 100 people are dead or dead broke by the age of 65. In the US, it's 94 out of 100. So to visualize that, yeah. people that are listening to this, if you've ever been in a room of 100 people, just visualize going into a room of 100 people and 91 in Canada or 94 in the US <laughs> are going to be dead or they're dead broke at the age of 65. It's, it's an alarming problem that we have. And it's been this way for my whole time in this industry, the numbers yeah. haven't changed. So it's going to take a long time to help people, but we have to start somewhere. And that's why I'm in this industry and why I've done what I've done and decided to elevate my game and create the give a heck brand two years ago. And in that period of time, launch a podcast, write a book and and work on my speaking career to go out and speak at different events to help people yeah. understand they don't have to live in quiet desperation. They can take charge of their lives and live a life on purpose and not by accident. I love that. And I think like everything you're saying and teaching is so important. What has been the biggest change? Because a lot of times when I'm talking to like coaches, um, they're relatively new in the industry because it's becoming way more popular, I feel like. But could be a because, coach. Yeah, it's like a no, like everyone's a coach nowadays. But where, what changes have you seen in the last eighteen years, just being in this industry and in the, as a coach? What have I seen change? Um, it get worse for people. People's debt is on the rise because of the fact again their need versus their want, or if it's not even a need versus a want addictions we people always yeah. assume addictions are drugs and alcohol well i've seen addictions to spending mm -hmm. addictions to eating improper nutrition because people are depressed because of their money situations they're they're compensating with food they're compensating with buying they're compensating with alcohol drugs all the things those are all addictions that we can suffer from and i'm not saying that things in moderation aren't bad or part of me aren't good. You can have things in moderation and it'd be, be decent, but so many people. So I've seen that over the last 19, going on my 20th year, I've seen that become worse with yeah. the general population. They're consuming more because credit's easier to get contrary to what people think it is relatively easy to get. There is periods of time in the last two decades where it's hard to get credit, but overall it's easy for people to go do a, don't pay your cent event. You know, press hard, three copies, and you won't have to pay for this TV for, you know, a year. Oh, come, right. come, come on, buy a vehicle. It's only a couple hundred dollars down, and you, you'll have 84 months to pay it off. What people don't realize is they're buying an appreciating asset that still needs to be serviced and maintained. And if they can right. barely make the payment, if they can barely make the payment, how are they going to pay to, you know, maintain it and live a life? So I've seen it get worse. And it's driven by one of the speeches I do is talks about the fact it's driven by commercialism and the banks, right? It's driven by the corporations mm -hmm. and the banks, pardon me. They are making it easier and easier for people to consume and buy things and get farther and farther in debt. So another thing that I would mention too to the listeners, think about what your bills were, even if you're not a person that budgets. 
how many things did you purchase 20 years ago that were on a monthly basis that you had a recurring expense? And now think about it in 2022. You can all, all of a sudden have three, four different streaming services. You can have yeah. a cell phone package with data that's doubled of what it was with just a standard talk package. You can have the moon. So the industry, right. the world is offering us so much more in our buffet and we're choosing to eat too much the buffet. We're yeah. taking too much on. Our income hasn't kept up. Well, look what inflation is right now. It's spread around North America. Inflation, depending on where you live in Canada and the U.S., is just in April 20, 2022, we're anywhere from 7 to as high as 10% in North America. Inflation, just since January 1st. So to put That's that crazy. into perspective, yeah, put <laughs> that into perspective, if you have a dollar January 1st, depending on where you live, you need a dollar seven to a dollar ten today. And people will say to me, well, that's not that much. Okay. Well, it your, adds up. <laughs> does, does your income keep up to it? When's the last time you had an increase in income? It's what I ask people, right? So we have so much more. So your question was, what's changed? Well, that has been a big change. We've had so many more expenses come into our lives that we didn't have 20 years ago. Right. By choice, by choice, we decided to go add those expenses, right? We add all these streaming services because we want to entertain ourselves. Then we still go out, we go out to eat more than we did 20 years ago. It's been statistically proven. And if we like going on, going to movies and et cetera, et cetera, all yeah. of a sudden that income that you've been making, some people's income flattens out really right. quick and they stay there, but yet their expenses continue to go up. It's easy to see how they get on that hamster wheel of life, how they can't afford to go on a vacation, or if they do, it's a credit card vacation and they spend the next year paying it off. And some of my clients that I sit down with are paying off vacations for, from a couple of years ago, they went on some fabulous, famous vacation and they haven't been able to even pay it off yet. And they're already thinking about their next journey. And yet they're still on yeah. that hamster wheel. They don't know how to get off of it. So they'll apply for another credit card. That's another thing I, I have seen a lot in the last 20 years, how many credit products people have. Yeah. So crazy. Um, what has been your like favorite part and the hardest part of your building your empire, your brand, all of it? My favorite part of, I think my favorite part would have to be in the last year, actually, um, after I wrote my book, I had a friend of mine, I had, well, a bunch of my friends, mm -hmm. I, you know, a bunch of people in the communities that I belong to the masterminds. He bought two of my books. His name's Mike. And he gave one of the books to his daughter at that time um, in high school, grade 12. And he come home one day and all of a sudden I'm sitting here working at my table and up comes a prompt. And he's, there's a picture of his daughter. He had walked into his home theater room. And she was sitting there with a notebook, like leaned over and she was watching my podcast because my podcast has its own YouTube channel too. She was watching my podcast, a high school girl, right? And we don't think that we can affect change on people or we pigeonhole ourselves into certain age categories. Right. And it was, he said, this is, this is what I come home to. Look what Emily's doing. A few weeks later, he reaches out to me and says, Dwight, you're going to be floored by this. She wrote an article for her school newspaper about her two favorite authors, and one of them was me. And in this article, I went on to explain how my book changed her life and her outlook on that you can, that anybody can make it. Because again, my book yeah. is right from my origin 
as a sickly kid all the way up to where I am now talks about my podcast being created because it came out in March of 2021, my book. Um, so that was probably one of the most profound things that I touched somebody so young yeah. and with my book. And, you know, I've had other people reach out to me about my podcast, my book, but if I dial it back before my give a heck brand, which I, again, is, is uh, freshly minted from 2020, um, my own finance business, I think the biggest thing that has been profound for me is sitting down with people that have not, one of my speeches that I just did in Salt Lake, it's actually on my website, a person can go watch it, they can watch an abbreviated or the full 13 and a half minutes of speeches about 2008 and why that was the worst year of my life. I had forgotten about what I had been teaching my clients and fell back into a rabbit hole on a hamster wheel had my kids full time and was suffering, right with more money yeah. than money. And I had to dial back and think to myself about clients, John and Sally, that had suffered when I first met them. When I started in this industry in 2002, they were $40,000 in debt. They hadn't been on a vacation in 10 years. They literally mm -hmm. were fighting all the time because the number one cause of divorce, the number one cause of violence in a house, number one cause of so many things is money, money. Real, finance, right? Yeah. So I sat them down and they were one of my first clients. I helped them goal set. I helped them budget. I helped them work on their six engines. I, I solidified their marriage. Within two years, they were out of debt and were going on their first vacation because they had saved it was all part of their budget. So they had managed to get out of debt. And one of the things that I helped them do that the wife always wanted was to help them get proper life protection. And, you know, yes, that's a product and it's not the message, but the message was that she was afraid something would happen to her husband. Fast forward to 2016, he passed away from cancer. Wow. That life insurance paid out and made it so that she'll be able to for sure retire. She's already suffering from the loss of her, her, you know, significant other, her husband. So, you know, that, that to me, and I've have, I have tons of people that I've helped do that, but they were the first people that I ever helped. And that was one of the most profound moments for me that kept me going, even in the darkest days of my business, yeah. where I was struggling to get clients or have people take me and, and think that I'm credible. That was so profound. And I still hang on to that today. And it's been a focus of what I talk to when I teach people. I talk to like there's so many more details about them, obviously, than I could than we have time to share. But right. So those are two things that have been really profound, one current and one in the past. I love that. And it kind of goes along with like what's hard too, is you just sometimes you just have to realize that like you're helping people, but sometimes you feel lost yourself. Oh, goodness. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what, people that are listening, you can think that you've got it made that you've arrived. That is a kiss of death for most people. And it's not just about money. It's just about life in general, about your six inches between your ears, your mental state. You always have to be, in my opinion, anyway, and most successful people I know, they're always on the climb. They don't camp too long in life. They don't think they've arrived you know, you need to celebrate your wins. You need to do things mm -hmm. to appreciate the fact of what you have, live a life of gratitude, be kind, but you need to understand that our brain does not know the difference between a truth and a lie. So it needs information. It's a, it is a giant computer. It needs to be fed information. You need to associate with good people. You need to read good books or listen to good books, listen to good podcasts, 
don't listen to depressing music or watch depressing TV shows unless your mind's solid. Now, if your mind's solid, you can listen to a sad song or watch a sad movie and it's yeah. entertain. It's entertainment. But right. majority of the population, it's not entertainment. It's something they, it's escapism. They climb into that yeah. world of that drama and it makes their existence not any better. So it's something we have to work on every day. That's and I true. have to, right? So I don't know about yourself, but till the end of my last breath, I'm going to continually feed my brain with good associations, as I mentioned, some of those things that I mentioned, and just not get caught in that hamster wheel, because that is a yeah. terrible life to be in. Right? Yeah, <laughs> living on for sure. Wheel. It's not fun at all. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for coming on and giving us your message. I think we can all take something away from it. I definitely have like, especially with that need and want, it's like, I know about it, but I don't really think about it. And I think I'm going to start to try and think more about it. That's good. I'm, I appreciate you saying that it's the simple things sometimes that we take for granted, right. And we don't realize that they can really affect and change and pivot our thought process of life. Or if anything, it's a little thing that's like, Oh, it's no big deal. But then eventually it becomes a big deal. Oh, absolutely. Everything adds up. Um, before I let you go, I'm going to play a quick game with you. Sure. Um, it's just five question rapid fire. So first question is drink of choice. Coffee. I love good coffee. Are you a, a black or with something in it? Um, right now I'm drinking black, but I do put uh, uh, stevia in it. I put liquid stevia Ooh. in it. So I like English. To- I have English toffee flavored liquid stevia. And, yeah, I love it. So I don't put sugar in it. I've cut sugar yeah. out of my diet years ago. So there's no cream or anything. It's black with a little bit of sweetener in it. So yeah. So I drink my coffee. All right. Favorite movie, TV show or both? Favorite movie. Oh my goodness. This is going to really date me. A movie called Cannonball Run. It, uh, some people might, that are listening, might know who Burt Reynolds is yeah. or Dom DeLuise. Uh, very, very, you know, funny movie, not very serious. It's probably one of my favorite movies, like on the comedy side. I think more <laughs> on this, more on the serious side would be Top Gun. I think that's one of my favorites. I've seen it about a dozen times. So, very cool. Um, words of advice for your younger self. Be a better listener. That would be the simple words I'd say to my younger self. Don't be so quick to be thinking about how you're going to respond to somebody in a conversation. Actually listen, because there's so much information that is given to us through conversation that we miss. And if you don't listen well, you're not a good relationship builder. And that's what I would tell my younger self. The more you learn to, like they say, speak more than we listen, because we have right. two ears and, one, and mouth, one mouth, right? That we should literally listen more. And as we listen more, we develop better relationships. And if your relationship skills are high, you take that into your careers, into your business or you know, or entrepreneurship or whatever you want to do in life. The more you learn how to listen And here's a prime example. Have you ever talked to somebody and hardly said anything? They're doing all the talking. You're just, you're acknowledging them and you use good body language and you, you know, say little, little things once in a while. Oh, that's unfortunate. Oh, I understand. Just things like that. You're consoling them as they talk and they go away and they've told other people that you're one of the, they had one of the best conversations with you and you're such a good person and blah, blah, and you hardly said anything. 
because people want to know that you're engaged. People don't care what you know. They want to know how much you care. And that's the key of what I tell my young self. Sorry, it was a little bit long. No, I like it. Um, Five words to describe yourself. Five words to describe myself. Empath, kind, grateful, loving, compassionate. And last but not least, what does success mean to you? Success means to me that the three core values that I live by with his faith, family, and work are all in the best unison that they can possibly be. Um, What I mean by that is success for me isn't monetary. It's about having faith in mankind and my God. It's about having a solid family core. Again, my kids are all adults now, but I'm close to them. We are connected. We support one another. And lastly, my work has to be satisfying because if Mm -hmm. I'm not satisfied in work, if I'm not satisfied in my faith, my family and work, if one thing is out of those three core values, I don't feel successful because I feel kind of empty. So you need, for me, it's taken years and sometimes I slip out of one of them and I have to bring it back into alignment. But if those three core values of mine are in sync, I feel successful. I feel satisfied. I'm satiated mentally and physically. That's great. And where can we find you? Best place to reach me is to go to my website at giveaheck.com. Um, there's a portal system that I've had developed and you can click on buttons about my, any, from everything from coaching to my book, to speaking, to finance, financial education. It's all on there. I had it made it very simplistic. It's not flashy because we, sometimes our brains get overwhelmed when we Mm -hmm. go onto a website that's got pictures or, you know, people, they got animated gifts or videos. I kept it very simple. doesn't mean there's not some cool things behind the buttons, <laughs> but right. you, can, you can check me out on my website at giveaheck.com. All right. Well, this was another episode of Hey Alexa, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.